And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the Raptors Reasonable Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Blake Murphy. Still on his excursion is Eric Kareen. So joining me instead, a significantly better hooper and singer, uh, Max Kerman of the Canadian band Arkells. Max, what's going on, man? Oh, just keep him busy, you know? Yeah. <laughs> It's been it's been a, it's a funny time right now, but uh, you got you got to find a few things in your week just uh, that'll brighten it up. Something you know to keep your mind occupied. Last week was good. The band actually got together and rehearsed for the first time in oh awesome months. <laughs> uh, so that was exciting, and uh, yeah, I got to help with the Nick Nurse book, book launch, which was also a thrill. I got to hang out with Matt Devlin. So so that was so that was a fun week. So I felt felt good about that. Yeah, that's uh, that's great. And now I get the pleasure of speaking to you and we've spoken since everything uh went the way it did but i haven't seen you in like over seven months now jeez is that right oh my god yeah i guess march 11th the day it all yeah. happened <laughs> yeah that was the night for anyone who doesn't know and either didn't read or hasn't heard us tell the story um max and i were both at nick nurse's uh, charity event the night that rudy gobert tested positive in the nba shutdown um, Max got to still continue the rest of the night and enjoy it and perform with Nick and see Daniel Caesar. And I, uh, I got hustled out of there because media was deemed superfluous, uh, when, uh, when the NBA is shutting down. Um, Max, you mentioned you guys, uh, rehearsed a little bit. You guys also had campfire chords come out during this, during this time. Uh, it's the second birthday of Rally Cry, I believe was yesterday, um, how how are you feeling like creatively and with the band? I know you know I talked to Dallas Green was on here last week, and obviously I have my Columbia House Party podcast that you've been on where we talked to some musicians. Uh, seems to have been a, a challenging time, but I, I in talking to a lot of people, it seems and you know I don't want to answer for you, but you're you're you skew on the optimistic and positive end. It seems like people are able to uh, find some positives in the downtime. Yeah, we were trying to make the most of it, really. You know, we were working on our new record down in L.A. in February and got a lot done on it. And we were planning on kind of rolling out songs this year, um, starting with the Years in the Making, which came out in February. But without uh, any touring in sight, we decided just to pause that and see how we could sort of match the moment because i think as a band that's what we're often trying to do is like figuring out how we can fit into the culture and how we can play a part of people's lives and and for us you know playing rock and sweaty rock and roll shows that are loud and joyous and and fun Hmm. is is what we usually aim to do um when you know all of our shows got postponed this summer we thought let's take a pause and um you know, think about the way people are living their lives right now. And it's, it's a lot quieter this year. You know, the, the only sort of get togethers are in groups, you know, under 10 or, or in your backyard or up at the cottage. So that's when we started to work on Campfire Chords, which is this uh, acoustic record, uh, mostly of songs from our past catalog. 
and we got to record them from home. We mostly recorded them separately. So I'd start with um, a basic acoustic guitar and vocal. I'd send it to Tony. Tony would lay down some keys. He'd send it to Mike and so on. And uh, it felt like a really good use of our time. It, it really kind of gave us some creative direction. Um, and I think for us, like that's always been sort of the game plan is like try to get a feel for what's happening and go in that direction and see how things reveal themselves. And um, throughout the spring and into the summer, Campfire Chords was like something we really got to dig into. And, and when hockey came back, we got a chance to help kick off the festivities yeah. in the beginning of August. And um, obviously, it was really fun to watch the playoffs unfold in the NBA and the NHL. And yeah, now that we're kind of looking uh, into the winter right now, uh, it, it's kind of up to us to figure out how to make the, the best of this situation. And uh, right now we're sort of working on finishing up the new record. And, and hopefully when we roll it out, you know, when we begin to roll it out next year, there will be, uh, a, you know, a light at the end of the tunnel with some shows happening uh, next year. Hopefully there's uh, the, the quick turnaround when it comes to the, the rapid testing and, and hopefully a vaccine. So so I'm trying to be optimistic in thinking that uh, the brilliant uh, scientists <laughs> will do their thing and uh, allow you know a chance for us to kind of get back to a semblance of our, our normal life. You mentioned the NHL performance. Uh, obviously, you you also have this Raptors connection through Nick Nurse. Uh, one of your songs is the horse racing song on TSN or Sportsnet. Uh, I guess the big thing I'm picturing for you guys, especially if the album's out early next year, is uh, I I have like this embedded memory of that coming home song being the Jays. Uh, the Jays promo song on Sportsnet. It just seems like you guys have one last box to check with Toronto Sports, <laughs> and it's maybe being the the Jays promo package song for for 2021. Yeah, we love being a part of that stuff. Um, it's just like a really cool opportunity to kind of go outside your lane a little bit. Um, you know, obviously we're a rock and roll band, and if you hear us on a, you know rock playlist on Spotify, that's awesome. Or uh, you know, in town here on the Edge 102 or Indy 88, that's awesome. But whenever you have a chance to play in another sandbox, it's, it's really fun. So whether that's like a sports montage, which we've now done a, a bunch of, or if we're in a video game, or for yeah, you guys are on the new NHL. Yeah, soundtrack, that's right? right. Yeah, years in the makings on that one. Uh, you know, we've had some um, placements in television shows and stuff, and, and that's all awesome. So uh, yeah, we'll, we we'll take what we can get. <laughs> is our attitude. We 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 like to be involved. But it's uh, it's more than just you know being fans and liking to be involved from from that perspective. You know, I know I know that Nick, your bandmate, is a is a big kind of baseball analytics guy and has done some stuff for Baseball Prospectus. And in addition to being a pretty good basketball player, you're not a bad baseball player as well, right? Yeah, baseball was my first love. You know, I grew up playing at Christie Pitts here in Toronto. My folks live. Love that uh, part. Yeah. Yeah, that's where I spent so much of my childhood. I went to baseball camp there. I also was a camp counselor down at Trinity Bellwoods Park uh, when I was 16 years old. And uh, yeah, I grew up loving baseball. Uh, my first name is is Robert, actually. I've always gone by Max since I was born, but my full name is Robert Max Kerman. I remember when I was like five or six and I learned that Roberto Alomar, Roberto was just Robert ah. in Spanish. I was so excited. I was like, oh my God, this is awesome. So yeah, Roberto Alomar, you know, Paul Molitor, John Allred, Joe Carter, all, all those guys. Pat Hankin, you know, uh, I actually found a, a, a 
piece of fan mail uh, from Pat Hankin that, that, was, that he wrote back to me because uh, I'd sent him like an invitation to my birthday party or something <laughs> in like 1996. And he was kind enough to write back with like a signed postcard. Uh, so shouts to Pat Hankin. I love Pat Hankin. I have, I have a similar story. So my first name is Edward and I've gone by Blake since I was born. Mm. Um, everyone's just always called me that. And my favorite hockey player when I was young was Eddie Olchek because of that same, the name connection. And I wrote him letters as well, which I found out as an adult, my parents just responded to, which was a uh, <laughs> soul crushing, but uh, that's so you funny. Know, for a while there, I thought I, I thought I had a pen pal in, in Eddie Olchek. That's nice that your, your parents did that though. That's very sweet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, before we, I, I want to talk about your work with the Nick Nurse Foundation and, and your connection to Nick, but we do have a little bit of news that dropped before we came on. Uh, per our reporter Sham Strania here at the at the Athletic, uh, the Indiana Pacers are hiring Nurse's lead assistant Nate Bjorkren to be their new head coach. Uh, awesome opportunity for Nate Bjorkren, who's kind of been you know, over the last couple of years, building up his name a little bit as one of the next potential head coaches. Obviously, when you have the success that Nurse and the Raptors have, people are going to come knocking on your door and try to see, hey, what these guys are doing is working. Let's try it out. Uh, I'm going to have an article up on Bjorkren for more for Pacers fans than Raptors fans uh, a little after this podcast, kind of a, a get to know Bjorkren and, and what we might expect from him with his own situation in Indiana. But to cover that off here, um, Max, have you had the chance to meet Nate as well as Nick? Uh, just in passing. I want to okay. say I met Nate when Nick had a professional development day. He took his coaching staff to hmm. the Bloor Cinema. It was 11 a.m. or 10.30 a.m. And he showed a Thelonious Monk, document, Monk documentary. Yeah, I heard about that. <laughs> That's right. And he invited Arkells and company. So we got to, a chance to meet a bunch of the staff there. But I, I, I was hanging with Nick. Uh, this probably would have been a month ago now. Um, over at his place and he mentioned that Nate was getting interviewed for the Pacers job and, and I think the Pacers asked for a reference and of course Nate uh, Nick had glowing things to say so it's funny to see that come out today because uh, obviously you know he, he interviewed for the job a few weeks ago and uh, that's really really exciting news. Yeah it's uh, it's awesome for Nate and I think you know you guys get on Nate. Nate is kind of the the Raptors have a lot of positive figures on their coaching staff, but but Nate is kind of, um, you know, he's worked as the guy who centers Nick when Nick gets a little emotional over the course of games. And, you know, a lot of the Raptors, Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Vliet in particular, speak really highly uh, of Nate Bjorkren. So um, good opportunity for him. Uh, one of the other finalists was actually Chris Finch, who's uh, who was the New Orleans Pelicans lead assistant and also has a long-term connection to Nurse. Um, so if you're curious about what the Raptors might do, it's entirely possible uh, they continue to promote from within and someone from kind of the back half of the bench moves up to the front half, whether that's a Jim San or, or Jaima Malalela coming back up from uh, from the G League or, or Brittany Donaldson or any number of candidates. But if you're looking for an outside hire uh, to the front of Nurse's bench, Chris Finch would be uh, would be the name to keep an eye out for. Is Chris Finch uh, the fellow that he coached in uh, against in the UK? Yes. Yes, that's yes. right. And I believe they were on the the England national team coaching staff together. That's right. I think um, if you read Nick's book that just came out, Rapture, yeah, he, yeah, he, I think he mentions that name because, yeah, he's, uh, I think they were like rivals on, on opposing UK teams and then coached together and then, of course, of course, coached against each other in the NBA. But, uh, yeah, actually, people are quoting a part of the book here. 
Um, yeah. The, yeah. The team we defeated in the finals was Santa Cruz. I shook hands with their head coach, Nate Bjorken, uh, my former assistant with Iowa Energy, and the guy I spent that summer with drawing up the plays in my basement. It was a great moment. My relationship with Nate went all the way back to the University of South Dakota when I was an assistant coach in my early 20s, and he was a freshman point guard. That's awesome. I love, I love yeah, hearing those kinds so of stories. Yeah, it's so cool. Yeah. And now we're going to get to see them. Uh, you know, the Raptors usually play the Pacers three times a year. So we'll get, uh, you know, we don't know what the schedule is going to look like for next year. But I'd imagine they'll still be playing every Eastern Conference team a couple times. So we'll get the the Nurse against Bjorkren head-to-head that we haven't seen since the D-League days. So uh, that'll be a lot of fun. Um, Max, you mentioned Nick's book, Rapture. Uh, my copy still has not arrived, but I hear it's very good. I take it you've read it already since you did the the launch with Nick and Matt last Friday on Instagram. Yeah, he, he gave me a copy back in the spring and I devoured it. It's it's like a it's kind of a shorter read. It's probably 250, 300 pages and I loved it. So one of my articles then. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, you know, the first half of the book, uh, just kind of give you a synopsis, is his kind of coaching career from, uh, well, his, his early life growing up in small town Iowa um, to his journey to the UK and to Belgium and then kind of around middle America as, as a coach in the D league. And then finally getting his shot as an assistant with the Raptors. And the second half of the book kind of covers mostly his time as the Raptors head coach. But uh, it's, I think uh, fans of the Raptors will enjoy the first half of the book even more because I think, I mean, we could always relive the Raptors championship run every single day. And I think we've all got like a full dose of that. And so you, you might be familiar with some of the stories or at least, uh, but the, I mean, of course, there's behind the scenes stuff there that's really interesting that you might not know about. But it's the, uh, the stuff that really um, made Nick as a young person, you know, uh, the anecdote that I like to tell, which is maybe my favorite in the book, is that he got hired to be the head coach uh, in Derby uh, as a 22 year old. Mm-hmm. And part of the deal was that he also had to be the starting point guard and he also had to average 20 points a game. That was the deal the owner <laughs> made. <laughs> um, and so he's, it's really awesome because you, I think Canadians now think of Nick Nurse as the Nick Nurse, the, our championship winning head coach of our team. And we think of him in this very high regard. Uh, rightfully so. But for Nick Nurse, Nick Nurse is a guy who's been grinding away for 30 years as an adult (laughs) before (laughs) anybody ever recognized him in the way we think of him today. And I think that's really impressive and admirable um, that it's always sort of been about the journey. It's always been about learning. It hasn't always gone smoothly, but he's um, really... uh, you know, pursued his passion, which I think is is also a really good lesson. So yeah, you, you'll you'll devour it really quickly, Blake. And I think if you're a fan of Nick Nurse, you'll love him even more after reading the book. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Um, you mentioned uh, Nurse's passion for, for the 
job as a basketball coach. Well, now that he's established there and has had some success, he's been able to use that platform uh, to focus on another passion of his, which is music. <laughs> and obviously, you know, one of the highlights of the post-championship summer was Nick Nurse coming on stage to play with you guys. And then, you know, that your friendship with him and his relationship with the band has expanded. Uh, before we get into some of that fun stuff, uh, Nick has also, on, on a more serious bent, created the Nick Nurse Foundation, which is going to focus on uh, empowering youth through music uh, locally here at first in Toronto and then potentially uh, back home in Iowa as things develop. And Max, you were recently named to the board of directors for the Nick Nurse Foundation. Uh, what went into that and what is it that you guys are hoping to accomplish with the Nick Nurse Foundation? Yeah, I think you know Nick has a wide variety of interests. You know, as, as much as he's a, a jock and athlete at heart, you know, <laughs> he's really interested in music, he's really interested. He's a lifelong learner. He's he's doing his um, his doctorate uh, right now. It's it's an online course through the University of Chicago, uh, and it's about the effects of um, the charity work from professional athletes in their local communities and their or and their organizations that they've started, and and seeing which players have done a good job giving back to their communities. So he so he's really interested in a lot of different things. He's a big reader. Uh, and I think my um, involvement is that he just wants to get different perspectives, uh, you know, uh, that are outside of the world of sports at the Nick Nurse Foundation. And I know, you know, my my parents, my mom's a, a teacher, my dad's a social worker, I'm a musician. So I think he, uh, you know, hopefully sees, you know, a new perspective that is outside of the world of professional sports being offered to the Nick Nurse Foundation. And um I don't know. We we really get along well. Like he, I think the people that I, so I think I'm attracted to, generally speaking, have a really sort of youthful, you know, curious spirit. Uh, you know, I can think of, you know, people that are like my my dad or my dad's friend Peter Rosenthal, who's who's the subject of our song, "A Little Rain" song for Pete, uh, who always feel young to me, even though these are guys in their seventies. They always feel like they have the youthful ex exuberance of of a teenager or something. Um, and, and, I, and Nick totally has that. And um, I think it's, oftentimes it's those kinds of people that like to try to get stuff done and try to be a help to their community. So uh, we're, we're just getting going on it. It's, it's still very much a, a new thing. And obviously things got paused this summer because of uh, COVID-19. But uh, we, yeah, we look forward to, to digging in and, and reaching out to all the incredible you know, civil servants uh, in our communities and and shining a spotlight on them and all, and all their fine work. Um, as part of that, you have obviously played uh, with Nick a little bit. You know, he he was he kind of coached you guys in the commercial you guys had, and then uh, as part of the Instagram on Friday, you guys were playing around. And I'm sure there will be more of that as the Nick Nurse Foundation continues. Uh, my question for you, Max, knowing Nick for you know a year and a half, two years now. How are, are we talking? I, I know he played music kind of throughout his life, but he's talked about how he recently, you know, really went back to it specifically with the piano and the guitar. Are we talking like a Pascal Siakam level trajectory here? Has his improvement over the last couple seasons uh, been a little <laughs> more modest on the music side? No, you know what? He's actually improved a ton um, since the bubble. Um, and I was hanging out with him the other day because we were just kind of jamming some songs thinking that we could play it at the book launch. <laughs> um, and I was like, Nick, you've gotten a lot better since the bubble. Like, what happened? He was like, it's good. And then he goes, it's because what you said. I'm like, what did I say? He said, 
Max, you just said music's easy. Stop thinking so hard about it. Once you learn that it's just a few chords, you can play any song. So when you put it like that, I, I started to like look up the chords, saw my favorite songs. And it turns out I can play all of them. I'm like, exactly. <laughs> um, so there was a bit, I, I guess there's a bit of a light bulb moment there for him where it's like if you kind of strip away some of the mysticism of music and you realize at the core any great song by Stevie Wonder or the Beatles or Bob Dylan or Bob Marley, even though there's intricate parts in them, if you, if you strip all that away and you just realize that there's just a simple chord progression and a melody in most cases, uh, you, you can you can learn a bunch of songs. Yeah, because so he said, you know, I went in the bubble knowing three songs. Now look at all the songs I can play. I can play dozens of them. And he starts pointing at his iPad <laughs> with all the songs he's been <laughs> playing. Uh, yeah, so um, yeah, I'd say he's improved a lot. That's great. Um, so that's, uh, th- that's a lot of fun. And I guess... Sorry, I, I kind of I jump into this podcast assuming that everyone kind of knows the backstory with you and Nick, but just because it's been it's been so long, like it feels like it's been uh, a couple years. But obviously, Nick's only been in the role for two, and you guys kind of picked up that friendship later in his first season. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, what's the the quick the quick notes on on how this relationship even developed in the first place? Um, yes, yeah, so we got a note from Nick's assistant, and probably would have been Jenny. Um, around halfway through last year, just it was kind of a feeler from MLSC saying, does anybody have any connections? Uh, we're trying to get a, a keyboard into Nick's office, <laughs> I think. And and our friend who works at MLSC just reached out and said, hey, do you have any, any ideas for how we get a decent piano in Nick's office? And so we just put him in touch with the people at Roland, Ly- our friend uh, Lyle, who, uh, who works at Roland. And they hooked him up. Uh, and that was about halfway through the season. And then, of course, the Raptors went on the playoff run. I got to go to a bunch of the games. It was like the most exciting time of my life. They win. And sort of as, on a lark, we just emailed his assistant saying, hey, we're doing this concert at Budweiser Stage next uh, Saturday. If Nick wants to join us for a, for any, for a song, we'd love to have him up. Not really thinking that he'd even get back necessarily. And then sure enough, you know, here I was talking earlier, you know, who are who are the kinds of people that have like, a, a passion and a joy for life and have a youthful exuberance and like to try new things. And if <laughs> Nick Nurse gets back and says, I'm in, <laughs> which is, <laughs> which is awesome. Um, uh, but you know, it's funny. He did say the other day he was doing an interview on CHFI. We were tagged in it and they said like, what's the time you've been most nervous? And he said, Oh, by far, it's like, you know, the time I went up on stage with Arkells in front of a sold out uh, crowd at Budweiser stage. It wasn't, it wasn't the basketball games. It was, it was the concert. Um, and from there, yeah, we've just sort of uh, kept in touch. Yeah, we have like a lot in common. It's funny, actually, we were, we, we filmed the, um, we, we filmed the book launch at his office at the OVO Center. And, oh, cool. and as you know, his office sort of looks onto the basketball court. So Nick was in his office playing the piano and I was on the court taking some shots. <laughs> and then I had him come out and he gave me a shooting lesson. He, he's uh, marketing a new basketball, the nurse's pill, which is, um, it's a basketball with a, with a design on it that kind of keeps track of the rotation on the ball. Cause that's a, cool. a very important thing. And he gave me a shooting lesson and uh, all, all the proceeds from that will be going to the Nick nurse foundation, uh, which will be redistributed to communities. So, uh, yeah, it's fun. It's it's like my obviously my job is music, uh, and my passion is basketball. And you know his job is basketball, and his passion is music. <laughs> yeah, it's great. I, we run into this a lot, like especially um, talking to the players as well, where um, you know there's that overlap of like the players are always curious about what goes into 
uh, a musician's life and, and vice versa. So um, very cool to see that play out. Now, you mentioned your jump shot. Uh, I don't know how much work it needed. You're, you, you're a pretty good shooter in general. You, you know what? Um, the rotation on the ball, he said I could use a little more spin, some more backspin okay. on it. So, so that was that was the thing. He had me set up like you know three feet from the net, and if I made it two in a row, I got to move back a foot, like just those those shooting drills. So, um, yeah, he had some really good advice, and uh, I'm going to keep that in mind next time I'm shooting outside. Have you got to play much during all this? Like, did you were you able to get outside and get on a court at all? Uh, yeah, I was shooting around a little bit uh, in my neighborhood in Hamilton. Um, Cause that's you normally like when you're on tour and stuff, you're finding hoops all over the place, right? In addition to your uh, like the the bikes you rent, yeah, when, you're, yeah. when you're on tour. Yeah, I was definitely playing a lot in LA. It was actually really fun. Um, the Clippers uh, sponsor like all of the public courts in in LA as as an attempt to sort of win over the younger fan base. So all the community centers have like brand new wood floors and beautiful like glass backboards as. And the outdoor parks outside of the community centers have them as well, like really nice surfaces and, and like professional glass backboards. So it's actually really fun to play play down in L.A. because there's a lot of guys that love to play hoops. And so like every morning I'd, I'd walk over to the community center near the near the Airbnb that we were staying at and, and get a run in. So, uh, yeah, this summer has been a little bit slower, but uh, I actually have the nurse's pill with me. I'm going to take some shots after this. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. There you go. Is it is it heavier or what's no the, no? Or is it, it just it like has, lo- has finger markers on it for you? It, or? it kind of looks like an ABA ball. Like it's, it's yeah. It's I've colored. seen I've seen pictures of it, like the red, white, and blue Spalding, and it says nurses like nurses the, pill. the your medication for better shooting or whatever right <laughs> yeah. on it, right? Yeah, no, it, it really just has sort of like a, a white line that kind of goes around it that runs perpendicular to the the normal grip lines of a ball. And that's what you want to keep straight. So you kind of set up your index finger and your middle finger between the middle white line. And that's how you try to keep the, the rotation uh, rotation straight. He says the only, he says all, all the pros, you know, have really good rotation, but Fred Van Fleet, for whatever reason, it comes off his hand in a funny way. And the rotation yeah, there. Er, my colleague Eric Kareen wrote about this a couple of years ago. We were like, him and I were just standing around the court before a game and we we kept noticing that like Fred almost like side spins the ball off his thumb when he releases it. And Eric did a piece on it. And it's like, you know, obviously it works for him. Fred's one of the best open catch and shoot shooters in the entire NBA. Um, but, you know, I, it's uh, it looks uncomfortable and it looks weird. And it looks like it's one of those things where like. It's almost to me like a like a pitcher where like if he lost the feel for it, I could see there being like a, you know a tough path back to getting that spin back. Whereas a more traditional shot is a little more straightforward. Or you could just do what I do and just refuse to shoot, just pass the ball at every opportunity. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Well. Um, <laughs> yeah. He did say that. Uh, you know they don't want to mess with Fred's Fred shot because because yeah. it, it's good as is. <laughs> Yeah, like I know, I know they've used some of their their internal technology to tweak. You know, I think Kyle had a, a pretty bad slump early in the 2018-2019 season. They have, I don't know if, if when you've been at OVO, they've ever had these on these things on, but they have those like audio feedback 
things on the backboards where it'll tell you like the arc of your shot and if it missed left or right or short or long and like hey that was 43 degrees and it needs to be 40 you know you you know that your shot is best at 46 degrees mm. uh, launch angle and stuff like that so i know that they've they have that technology too to work on guys uh guys shots in addition but i, I think that would probably be at a much higher price point than uh, the nick nurse foundation wants to <laughs> release the nick nurse's pill yeah, that, that, that's a slightly different uh, bracket there. But uh, yeah. yeah, they do have cameras set up in the OVO uh, center there to that monitors all the jump shots. All, every oh, I'm aware. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we played a media game there a couple years ago, and the cameras were on. So <laughs> I, uh, you know, I only got one little piece of of footage. Unfortunately, that um, yeah, there was an injury, and and since then we haven't done it again. But that was a uh, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, and apparently there was tape, so <laughs> we can uh, we could break down my performance. And, uh, you know, the uh, the absolute non-factor on offense and making a little bit of a difference on defense. Hey, well, not, someone's got to play defense. It's not me. So, uh. And it's certainly not going to be the rest of the media crew. <laughs> so, um, do you, you, so you, you've kind of become friends with Kyle Dubas on the Leafs side as well. And you went on the Leafs mentor trip. Uh, what, so it is, do you play hockey at all as well? You know, I, I, you, I didn't I, play hockey growing up. Um, okay. I mean, I was a fan of Leafs. I blame my American father. My dad uh, has lived in Canada since like 1970, but he grew up in New York City. So uh, okay. I blame him for the fact I never really got into uh, skating. I'm, I can kind of get up on the ice, but I'm, I'm pretty bad. Um, but yeah, my, um, yeah, I, Kyle, I, we met Kyle um, when he was the assistant with the uh, with the Leafs, assistant GM with the Leafs, uh, his wife Shannon uh, arranged a little visit to the studio. I think we were working on Morning Report at the time, and yeah, it's funny. You know, Kyle is a guy who went to Brock University. He's a year older than me. You know, he he grew. So you guys almost crossed paths. Almost crossed paths. Probably did cross paths. Like you were probably at the same same bars at the same time. Right. And my old roommate Julian is his age and went to Brock at the same time. There's and and like he's from the Sioux. Our manager Ashley is from the Sioux. Like so, there's a lot of uh, common ground. Actually, his wife Shannon is best friend. Grew up uh, with Shane Cunningham, who I do the Mike on Much podcast with, and th- their yeah. families were best friends. So there's a, there's a lot there's a six degrees of separation happening there um, or one degree of separation really and yeah so Kyle's like a, a dear pal I know he's he's got uh, <laughs> a pressure cooker of a job um, <laughs> and uh, but but I also know that like no one works harder than him and no one uh, is more curious and well studied than he is uh, and just seeing the way he runs that ship and and the respect that he gives everybody that he works with. Uh, I find him to be such like an admirable person and, and, and really like a, a role model to me in the same way that Nick is, I think, too. It's just like, you know, a lot of people like look to uh, to Kyle for leadership and, and he always does things the right way. Um, and uh, I know the Leafs obviously performance didn't go as anybody hoped for, but uh, but it's about the journey, you know, and, and it's not always going to go swimmingly all the time. But uh, the most important thing is not to be stubborn. It's to it's to learn from everything you've experienced and and make changes uh, for you know all the right reasons. So and I know Kyle's been really busy. I was texting him lately. You know, obviously with the free agency and, and the draft, uh, I think he'll have a little bit of a window uh, right now to to take a breather. But uh, yeah, I know we've we've been in touch and he and he's been working really hard. Yeah, he's got to catch up on his wrestling now. I know That's he's right. a wrestling fan, and the day-to-day probably doesn't allow for, uh, for, for him to keep up. So he's got a lot there. One of the things I'm most fascinated by, and I know this is one of those things that, like, 
you could maybe have these conversations if you were writing a book and had that kind of timeline, but like day to day and in terms of protecting kind of what you're doing organizationally, you wouldn't want to talk too much about it on record. But one of the things I'm most fascinated by is like the interplay between the Leafs and the Raptors and maybe even TFC and like where where there's that kind of communal learning and, and like what can, you know, what can our basketball analytics department pull from what our hockey analytics department is doing or what does, you know, what Bob, Bobby Webster helped create the NBA CBA and, you know, the obviously the NBA and NHL CBAs are different, but, you know, what can what can the Leafs maybe learn in terms of cap management from the way the Raptors have done it? And I'm, I'm fascinated by what that interplay might be like, especially with Kyle and Bobby where they're both so young and both such open thinkers um and you know I, I from I don't know hockey as well as I know basketball but it certainly sounds like Sheldon uh falls in a, a similar vein to Nick in terms of curiosity and openness to different approaches so uh, I wonder if you know maybe maybe this will longer term be the the high tide rises all boats kind of thing and the the entire organization starts to move in the in a better direction yeah uh, or not better direction but in the right direction because you know the Raptors at least are already in firmly in the right direction. Yeah, no, I know that uh, Nick and Bobby work really closely together. And I know mm-hmm. that uh, Bobby and Kyle are, are good pals too. As you say, they're similar in age. And um, I, I went to a talk, I forget who put it on, it was like a lunchtime thing. And uh, Bobby was there and, and with Kyle. So I'm sure I'm sure there's information sharing uh, going on. But uh, yeah, it's a hell, of a hell of an organization, I gotta say, you know, with... Um, yeah. With everything that TFC is doing right now, too, um, my old roommate Greg Veerman, shouts to Greg. He, yeah. brother of Mike, he's he's been with uh, with TFC uh, as their sort of like producer editor for all the all for one stuff um, that they put out online, and you know they've been playing really well down down in Hartford in the bubble. Uh, so yeah, there's I, you know um, obviously the spotlight is always going to be on MLSE because it's the biggest market in Canada with some of the biggest teams, uh, probably the biggest teams, obviously, in the country. Um, but they, you know, they, they, they do, they try to do it all right there, which is, which is good. There's, there's no, like, you know, when you hear stories, like the horror stories, but like MSG, you know, Dolan <laughs> and stuff like that, uh, you know, it's, it's like I, if, right from the top, it's, it's always been a very, like, well, well-run place. All right. A couple quick hitters here for you, Max, before we let you go. Um, I don't know... I don't want to ask about any conversations you've had with Nick, but your gut feeling as a fan is Fred Van Vliet back next year. No, good question. Um, uh, I, I think so. <laughs> I don't know. Nick hasn't. Really, I don't think Nick Nick knows much. I I kind of asked him about it, but he's just like you know the thing which is interesting. Um, I'll say is that you know there is a, a sort of a type of support, and this happens I think across every sport, whether it's hockey or basketball or baseball, where you know, these coaches and the players know they have a window of time to really get paid and make their money. And so, like, obviously the connection that Fred and Nick have is really strong and really special. And I think uh, everybody would recognize that, like, the the system that Nick has created uh, for his players have allowed all of them to succeed in ways that they might not in other places. Um, so I think that's true. But it's also true that if Fred did sign somewhere else, Nick would be so happy for him in the same way that he's really happy that Nick got the, the coaching job, um, you know, in in Indiana or if, or if Bobby ever had to leave or whoever. It's just like you're you're thrilled for them 
on a professional level that they're going to chase down their wildest dreams. So um, that's, that's a total non-answer, but uh, I think they feel confident about, you know, Fred's place on the team and, and how he'd be able to thrive here. Um, and if it didn't work out, they'd at least feel okay knowing that, you know, the guy's going to be again paid real bucks somewhere else. <laughs> um, okay, uh, one more for you. Post-championship, I know you came up and Damon was kind of your first favorite player and you had Vince Carter's name in your email address. Now, have either of those guys been surpassed in terms of your all-time favorite Raptor? Yeah, Kyle's got to be it, right? Okay. Yeah, Kyle, Kyle's got to be it. <laughs> Just making sure. Yeah. Um, all right, Max, I told you I'd only keep you for half an hour, so I kind of used up your your time here. But thank you so much for sharing, especially um, the stuff about the Nick Nurse Foundation, which I encourage everyone to, to check out and read up on more, especially as um, Nick and, and Max and Dr. J uh, <laughs> reveal more and more about uh, what that foundation is going to focus on and how you can support. You can also check out Max's great music with Arkells, um, the new, uh, I guess, new-ish only at this point, uh, album Campfire Chords, uh, the two-year anniversary uh, of Rally Cry, which is a great album. Uh, you could check out Max talking about one of our uh, co-favorites, the, the Constantines on my music podcast, Columbia House Party, from a few months ago. And then you can follow uh, Max and the band everywhere at Arkells Music. Uh, Max, thank you so much for this, man. This was great. Hey, my pleasure. Thank, thank you. This is really fun. Always, always fun to talk to you, Blake. Yeah. All right, Max. Uh, thanks so much. And guys, uh, don't know when the next podcast will be, but it might be Eric. So uh, keep an eye out for that. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.